You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Thanks for joining us on the Renewed You podcast. We're here to help you discover how mental, physical, and spiritual health combine to help you live your best life. We want to give you hope, tools, and encouragement because the world needs a renewed you. Now, here's your host, John Yule. Hey, 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 and welcome to the next edition of the Renewed You Podcast. I'm your host, John Yule. So glad that you are with us today. This podcast is proudly sponsored by New Life Church. To find out more about New Life, we encourage you to visit our website at newlifeokc.org. We would love to assist you in discovering God's destiny for your life and to walk with you in that process if we can be of any assistance to you. Of course, you're listening to the Stream Grace Network, and uh, we encourage you to visit Stream Grace's website and find out more about all the podcasts that we have. We've got all kinds on here. It's a great place to go and get some encouragement in your life life. Well, this podcast is all about having conversations with people about how that God has transformed their life and discovering principles that we can apply to become everything that God has designed us to be. Today, I'm excited to introduce to you a great friend in my life. His name is Ben Williams. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm great, man. Um, ben and I got connected through chaplain ministry at a local hospital and God really blessed my life the day that he dropped me in front of Ben and Ben took me around and showed me the ropes and uh, God just connected our hearts he's a he's a great friend and I'm excited for you guys to hear his story today so Ben yes sir where did it all begin it all began with God okay well that's good all right where are you from I'm originally from Tulsa Oklahoma um, from Tulsa you know I end up going to school I went uh, to Langston University. Actually, I went to Tulsa Junior College. Okay. From Tulsa Junior College, I went to Langston University where I got both where I got a bachelor, associate and a bachelor's degree in uh, sociology. And then years later, I got my master's in divinity from Southern Methodist University. SMU. SMU. All right. So what, what caused you to want to pursue chaplain ministry? Actually, I think chaplain ministry pursued me. Okay. <laughs> Well, it all started around. I knew that God had something for me in my life. I didn't know exactly because I wanted to be a fighter pilot. You know, really, I didn't know that. I want to be a fighter pilot, but I can go back as far as being four years old when I heard God say, "My people are perishing through the lack of understanding." I didn't know what all that meant, but that stuck with me my whole life. And God start, you know how God, He don't give you everything He wants. He give you pieces here and there, here and there. So I start. doing life going through like any young person who just trying to find our way but one thing I, I did know when I ended up joining Navy I was uh I was on a ship and we was going to Israel and something told me say, I need to take one of them Israel trips hmm. so I took a trip and then when we pull in Haifa I took a tour trip to Israel and that's where I said that's when the Bible came to life to me. Yeah, I can imagine. Because we always read about the Bible, we read about the stories, we read about Jerusalem, we read, read about Dead Sea, we read about all that stuff. But for me, it came to life to me. But prior to that, I knew I had a life change because uh, there was something that was just totally missing and I was just going through some stuff back at home with my wife and uh 
I said I need to get back in church. And then, and then I heard that Bible verse, raise a child from which you go and never departs. Mm-hmm. So I started joining a Bible study on board ship before I even hit the country. Yeah. And then I tell people, God can meet you anywhere. I was in the middle of an ocean, no land, no nothing, just surrounded by water, in the middle of darkness. And I was out there on the, I was out there on the ship on the flight deck. The stars weren't even out. It was just darkness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can meet God in darkness. And when I end up learning, people look at darkness as being negative. But I look at darkness being positive. Because whatever God do in the dark, he's creating. And whatever he's creating, he's going to give birth to the light. That's good. We have light today because there was darkness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good. So I always use the analogy of, you know, when you're in the womb, your mother's womb, you in dark. You in dark. Yeah, total <laughs> darkness. But all God's great creation stems from the darkness. The light is just brought up for now for everyone else to see. But so I tell you, so when you feel like you're in the dark, just know God is preparing yeah. something for you. So if that's what you what you got and and you share that story about being on the ship, um, have there been times in your life that were dark where the reality of what you're expressing has has come true for you? Oh, yes. Uh, matter of fact, my deepest darkness actually launched a ministry that I always talk about, perfect unity. Uh-huh. And um, I was going through a situation. I mean, I was at a point where I said I was ready to die. And then going like, and the thing is. Die I had, like suicide? I, yeah, like, but I wasn't going to commit you suicide. Wouldn't, okay. I mean, I would think about it, but I would never do yeah. it. But I'm just saying if it happened, I wasn't even scared if it happened. Came. Yeah. I mean, like if death came, I, I wasn't even worried. But, you know, and I was talking to God, and then you know, I said, God, I'm not perfect. And then he said, it's like he said, what? What? Come here, come here. And he took me on a journey. Mm-hmm. Literally took me on a journey and uh and he took me to Genesis. You know, in Genesis he was saying, I'm gonna talk to you like I'll talk to my children that you know about know of Adam and Eve. Long story short, on that segment he was saying when Adam and Eve was hiding and God came along, he said, Where are you? And he said and they answered, We're hiding. And the key question, he asked you, why are you hiding? And he said, because we are naked. Mm-hmm. And the key question in that whole thing, I had always read it, but this one just pointed out, who told you you was naked? Mm-hmm. Same, same question, who told you you weren't perfect? Mm-hmm. And I ask people that today, who told you you weren't perfect? And mm-hmm. everybody, there's not a person I haven't met, has not paused to think about, who told me I wasn't perfect? Mm-hmm. I said, if God never stepped off his throne, came out of heaven stand next to you and tapped you on your shoulder and saying you weren't perfect he said if he never said you was perfect why you call yourself not perfect mm-hmm. and then I realizing that we are trained by the world to say we're not perfect and then what I realized is that when we are looking at where we're not perfect we limit our powers and ability that God actually gave us to mm-hmm. to accomplish to overdo to subdue the world really in such a way that instead of sin hurt you can see blessings, mm-hmm. but we don't know how to bring about those blessings because we don't know the power that we have. Yeah. So I asked God. Then this is perfect. Then say, then I said, you want us to be perfect? Then He told me Matthew five forty eight. Mm-hmm. He said, Yeah, I want you to be perfect. And being perfect is this right here. Be ye perfect as your Father in heaven mm-hmm. is perfect. 
And the thing about that, and that, and that really drove me back to when I was back to four, when God said my peer passion and lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. I had to ask the question, okay, God, I know perfect to be by the dictionary saying always right, mm-hmm. without blemish, without fault, no making mistakes. And so when I start comparing with the dictionary saying to what God was saying, okay, you said be ye perfect as my Father in heaven perfect. The uh, dictionary said perfect is always right. I'm not always right. Right. Dictionary said perfect is without blame. I mm-hmm. got plenty of blame. Without fault. I'm going, Lord, I got plenty of faults. Mm-hmm. So I'm going like, then how can I be perfect if I can't even get to the starting line to what perfect is supposed to be? Right. Then that's when he said, my people are apparently in lack of understanding. They're too busy listening to Webster mm-hmm. and not listening to me. Right. Or defining themselves by Webster and not defining themselves by right. me. And I said, then what did that mean? Then he took them to Colossians 3.12. Mm-hmm. And Colossians 3.12 says, my dearly beloved, clothe thyself with compassion. Mm-hmm. kindness, humility, humbleness, bearing, gentleness, patience. Forgive others after forgiving you. You know, bearing. He said, tell that off in love and what you got. He said, you got perfect unity. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's, we've been, you've been taught that as your gift of the spirit, but God is telling you. He said, that's more than the gift. That's your DNA. That's how I created you. Right. He said, you perfect in knowing how you made but knowing how you made, and that's how what we got to do is understand how are we made. We are made with compassion. We are made with kindness. We are made with humility. We are made with humbleness. We are made to bear. And then those, and in that, you understand who you are really in God. Mm-hmm. And then, and uh, as I read God's definition, and I read the Bible's, I mean, the God's definition in the Bible, and I read Webster's definition, I came to a, a epiphany that I only say God gave me, and I've been on a, I've been on paths of telling people this, and I hopefully have a <laughs> book coming out, hopefully. Okay. It's, and I want a title, I'm Perfect and God is Not. And, you know, I, I had, when I first started telling people that, you know, I got a lot of backlash. Sure. What you mean God ain't perfect? I said, God ain't perfect. And then, and getting into... Using our definition. Yeah. So, basically, it's the title is to grab their attention. Right. So, but long story short, the reason God is not perfect is really based on if you still believe perfect is defined by what Webster says. Mm-hmm. And if and I had read further down in what it said about perfect, it says anything perfect can be perfected. And the reason God... And to me, that's it. That's why God's not perfect, because you can't perfect God. Agreed. You can't perfect. So if God ain't perfect, then what is he? He's perfection. Mm-hmm. We are the perfect being who's been perfected every day, striving towards perfection. Most definitely. Yeah, I think for some people that, that you and I talk about this a lot, um, but I think some of us that have grown up in in uh, some kind of a church background or whatever, especially if you um, grew up uh, in a uh, society or church structure that was talking all always about what we do is wrong. You know, um, we've, we lose, we've lost the understanding that Paul talks about in Ephesians 
where Paul actually says we, we stand before him faultless. Mm-hmm. That's not someday in the future. That's right now. To be faultless is, is another way of saying you're perfect, perfect, you know? And I think that we do, we buy into this lie mm-hmm. that it's about our actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we want to say that our actions don't matter when we come to Christ. Yeah, I agree. But then why do our actions matter after we come to Christ? As far as in the area of making us worthy or unworthy, our actions matter because they're an outflow of our connection to the yeah. Father. But it's not driven by that fear thing that we're not good enough, that we've got to perform. And that's, and that's the problem with the world today. And that, like I said, when I heard your message, your message hit on a lot of stuff that I was forming it, or God was forming in my mind mm-hmm. about um, those different things. And, and like we said that God is for us who can be against us. And when I tried, we are so trained to say we're not perfect that we believe in it and in that when we keep on saying we're not perfect, who are you looking at? Right. You always looking at you. Mm-hmm. And if you're always looking at you, you want to know why you're always tripping over things because you're too busy looking at you and not seeing what's before you. That's right. So you're always tripping. And uh, But when I say I'm perfect, see, God wants us to get to a point when I say I'm perfect, like we say we're not perfect, we don't have to explain why we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. But if I tell people I'm perfect, explain that to me mm-hmm. because they don't understand. God wants to give us a purpose point when we say we're perfect. We don't even have to think about it because when we say we're perfect, it automatically points to God. Because when I said I was perfect, I said I was made with compassion, kindness. All this is how am I made? I'm made by God. Everything I do is focused towards God, mm-hmm. not towards me. Well, focus, talk a minute about one of the definitions. It's way down at the bottom in Webster's, because I looked it up. Mm-hmm. It's down at the bottom. Um, for those of you that don't know, go look it up for yourself. One of the definitions for the word perfect is a correct copy of the original. Yes. So from that vantage point, we are perfect. Mm-hmm. Because we are to be, we are to be, and created to be copies mm-hmm. of the original, which is God. And they say we are made in His image, and we're made in His image. So if we are made in His image, how can we not be perfect? Agreed. Because I think our perfect, our idea of perfect is all about our performance. Yes. Instead of and what you're trying to get in using the language that you're using, which is shock value to try to yeah. get people to think. But the truth is is still very is very basic yeah it's basic we're perfect because of our relationship to the perfect god who is in us and that's the thing about this even if it sounds complicated it's real it's simple. really simple it's real simple and i have been blessed by god for allowing using me to share this because i have seen people who have got tired of church tired mm-hmm. of this talking about you made that real simple real easy mm-hmm. because we set conditions for ourselves we can set standards for ourselves Sometimes our standards that we set for ourselves are set before God's standards. Right. And and you find a lot of people may reach their goals, reach their achievements of what they have, but they are not totally happy. They not fulfill. You can, and I had heard interviews and I had met people. I achieved everything, but right. I still missing something. I got everything, but I'm still not at peace. Your mm-hmm. peace comes when you understand who you are. Because I always tell people, people say we all got gifts. And well, we do. But our gifts 
do not have room for our purpose. Mm-hmm. But when God gives you a purpose, it has more than enough room for your gifts. Right. And the thing is, when you live in your purpose, you can uh, achieve more, be more, and more don't mean having more things and be more at peace. Because I remember this story about this man who worked at this uh, car wash. And he he never made over $27,000 a year, but he never missed a day of work. Mm-hmm. But found out at a story that he never missed a meal. He didn't have bad credit. He enjoyed his life. He has his vacations. He did his stuff. He did all of what he had to do. And people think the more we have, the happier right. we can be. The point is, he worked whatever his purpose. His purpose was just to wash cars for a car dealership, and mm-hmm. he was, and he was more blessed than than the owner who didn't who wanted what he had and didn't have. Right, and that was the piece. And and just that simple story tells you it's not about what you have; it's based on how you made. And I believe he was operating in the areas he made and the areas of his purpose. That's right. And I think that's one of the, uh, those of you that are listening, that is one of the purposes of this whole word of renewal, um, why we use it so much on this podcast, because God has a destiny for everybody, but our destiny isn't going to be found necessarily in what we do. It's found in a relationship that we have with the Father who created us for his pleasure, the Bible says. He created us for relationship with himself. It wasn't until Adam and Eve fell into sin that they had to start working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, up until that point, they didn't work for anything. And they were living, if you if you think about it, the Bible says that on the seventh day God rested. They were living in that seventh day rest. Mm-hmm. And, and then sin comes in because of humanity's choice. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the key word. Choice. choice. It's the choices that you made because I was thinking about that today um, when he said, when God said, who told you you were naked? Mm-hmm. And that's another word I never paid no attention to till today, literally. When he said, who told you, that means that they was in communication with every creature oh, yeah. in there. I mean, totally. communication in such a way where I can talk to you, oh, you sure. can talk to me, we can hear, we can tell them. They just wasn't talking to God while they was there. They were talking oh, with every creature. I agree. And having conversations like me going to the farm and I start talking to the cow and the cow, me and the cow right. having a conversation and we understand each other. I totally think that was the reality. Otherwise, uh, because Eve wasn't freaked out when the snake began to talk to her. Mm-hmm. So I do think, and, and if if you're someone who enjoys reading, um, I would encourage you to um, read uh, some of the writings by J.R. Tolkien um, about um, J.R. Tolkien about the lord of the rings and also read c.s lewis and the whole idea of narnia one of my favorite books in the whole narnia series is actually one that a lot of people don't read Mm -hmm. and it's called the magician's nephew and the whole it's a parable of creation and the account in genesis of how everything came to being and in narnia uh, mr lewis built in the idea that the animals and humans they all communicated and it wasn't until the animals followed the wicked witch that they lost their ability to communicate. And I think that's an example of what probably happened. But if you're careful to, to watch shows like that, and so, and there's nothing wrong with it, what it shows me, God put his word in everything. Oh, you watch, sure. You watch any movie, any show, you're going to see God 
saying something, and he just wanted to see if you clear. Oh yeah. Are you in tune enough to hear my word within this? Because oh, yeah. it would change the whole dynamic. I had learned some stuff by watching, uh, not even in the Bible. Yeah. And uh, people don't believe me on that. I said, everything you want to know, you're not going to find in the 300, I mean, in the 66 books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. The Bible don't have everything that you want to know. Why? Because you can't, you cannot compile God's understanding wisdom in one book. Now, for those that are freaking out right now, don't wreck your cars. No. Listen, John the Apostle said that. He said that there are not enough books to contain all the things that Jesus did and all the things that he said. So um, we thank God for what he's yeah. given us. And also, don't forget, uh, I call it, this is what I call I call it the Peter factor. Mm-hmm. When Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? He said, you're the son of God. And the key word that Jesus came back with, nor flesh and blood has Nobody told has you. has told you this. So that tells me God still speak to us. Oh, most definitely. And when he speak to us, what's going to happen is that, and what you're going to learn, to see this is how great the Bible is. Mm-hmm. What you learn outside the Bible, and then you go back and read your Bible, it's just going to confirm That's what right. you already know. That's right. If you don't find confirmation in the Bible from it, then you may want to question what you just heard. Right. But yeah. God, God, like I said, his word would never come back void. That's right. So in that, what I end up finding out, because people are so confused, say, be careful listening to false prophets. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of people, even church people. I even met some pastors, told me, say, and the Bible tells us we're not perfect. I said, nah, the Bible always tells us we, you, what you're doing, you find in passages that equate to might not being perfect, but that's not what God said because it wasn't God who said it. Mm-hmm. And then if that's, I say, if that's not, if that's so, if we're not perfect, then why in, um, well, I just had it. It was in uh, Genesis 17 and 1 where God was talking, and he was talking about Abram, Abraham. Mm-hmm. I've been dealing with, Abraham and also that's why I said your word today <laughs> up here gave confirmation to what God was showing me. But here it is. Seventeen and one. And this it and when Abram was ninety years old and nine, the Lord appeared to him and said unto him, I am Almighty of I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Mm-hmm. And it, and some people may Read the translation where it said blameless. It may say right. It may say <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. do not worry. Or it may say integrity. But that all ties back up into perfect. Mm-hmm. So if God in the New Testament, I mean the Old Testament, telling you be thou perfect, and Jesus said be ye perfect and your Father's heaven is perfect, then why can't we see us as perfect? Mm-hmm. And another area uh, when people don't understand what I'm trying to tell them because the thing is I'm just telling but it's up to you to figure it out or sure. to you to think about because everything you tell it's not you may not comprehend that's why I, like I see why God spoke in parable because when you start sure. fr- thinking about it and then you come to a conclusion, you know God gave you that answer so I like to ask this question God said greatest he that's in you than he is in the world mm-hmm. who is in you right God the Holy Spirit Jesus they're all the same they all they Trinity one so God is God, in God, will God will God place his spirit in something 
that was filed that cannot contain him. Anything God's spirit is, is in has to be perfect. It has to be tailor-made for him to be in there to exist because he can exist in a container of falseness. He can uh, exist in a container of lies because he's not the father of lies. Mm-hmm. He cannot exist in anything that other than what was prepared for him to hold him. Mm-hmm. So if greater is he that's in you and mm-hmm. he that's in you found the place to dwell in you and found it perfectly to reside in, why can't you see the perfectness in yourself? Right. I agree. And I think for for those of us, those that listen to this podcast, you know that we are we are very uh, committed to digging into what what it means to understand who we are in Christ, what it is that, that Christ has done uh, for us. And if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that was a pretty powerful spirit mm-hmm. that put life back into a dead body. But not only did it put life into a dead body, it changed the body. So if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, then one of the things that that I want to encourage us to think through is the container is not made perfect so that it can contain something, but what it contains makes it perfect. And that's the difference, I think, for so many people when they hear us talk about you know, I had this conversation the other day with someone in my life um, who said, I, when you said you were perfect, I just can't accept that. And I said, well, let's sit down and talk about it because I'm not perfect by what I do. No, we're perfect. I am made perfect because perfectness is in me. You are perfect because the way you made and you have to understand the way you made directs what you do. Here's an example. You got a car, right? Yep. Okay. I got a car. That car is perfectly made. If your car get a dent or you keep it dirty, mm-hmm. you keep it unwashed, it's unclean, but it still moves and go forward, despite it being dirty, mm-hmm. messed up with dents, unclean, it's still operating perfectly because it was made to drive. Right. That's good. But a car cannot operate on train tracks because it's not a train. It's not a train, right. So if it wasn't made to be a train, then it's not perfect. But if it's made to be a car, it's perfect. So each human being, you are made to be in the image of God, then you are perfect. The problem is that I tell people that, you know, you got people on death row who actually kill somebody, who's actually guilty, but they are at the same time still absolutely perfect. The problem is they never operated in the way that they were made. That's why I say if you understand the way that you was made, it directs what you do. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, just recently, what, a month back, those uh, police officers in Memphis that yeah. jumped on that kid and ended up killing yeah. them. See, if they would have operated just in compassion by itself, see, compassion saved lives. See, when you understand how you operate, see, compassion saved lives. Humbleness brings about wisdom. Mm-hmm. Humility brings about strength. Right. Bearing brings about birth. And the reason I say that is because when Jesus bared our sins, he mm-hmm. birthed salvation. That's right. So when God is giving you something to bear, I'm saying God giving you right. that. Not what us. You give me. When right. God give you something to bear, he's actually giving you something to birth. And you may be holding it for you. For years, you're going to like, this is something in me. That's, no, but once you come to the understanding what God is having for you and you're ready to birth that, 
not only is it going to be a blessing to you, but it's going to be a blessing to everybody around Amen. you and to the world. So if you were talking to someone today mm-hmm. um, that's sitting sitting here listening to you, and they are struggling with their identity. Okay. Um, how? What would you say to them? How would you encourage them? First, I encourage them, what is it about your identity that you're struggling with? See, because I'm glad you asked that question because when we was, Ooh, God is good. Um, I was thinking about identity today. We base our identity on a condition of what other people think we should be. Or sometimes we base our identity based on what we should be. So whatever that identity is, you got a baseline of what you think you should be. And when you don't reach that baseline or you don't achieve what that you believe that identity is, then you're in crisis. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's always a level that was never created for you to be at anyway. See, because if you base your identity on, because I was like thinking like, not talking about Meghan Markle, or it's just even any superstars, mm-hmm. you'd be watching them and like on E.T. to sometimes something, you're oh, there they were carrying a $60,000 bag. Here they wearing some sort of shoes. And then I start thinking about like Armani. We based who we are, our identity, based on what we possess mm-hmm. and some, and if we put that much effort and we also put people down oh you wearing those mm-hmm. you got pay less mm-hmm. I got mine from Macy's mm-hmm. if you basing your stuff and who you are based on a name tag why you don't tag yourself with Jesus right. and base your identity right. on him that's right See, based, okay. sometimes your identity is a false image of what you want but the true image of your identity is based in what God wants for you. Mm-hmm. That's good. But we just have to take time and deal with that person with that identity crisis because them hearing the word is not going to necessarily break them from it. Right. They're going to have to experience it within them. So That's right. if you got an identity crisis, find somebody who's ready to go along with you while your identity crisis change. I agree. I love what you said right there that we can, we base our identity on the tags. Uh, um, basically what you're getting at is that a lot of us base our identity on external yeah. um, stimuli, external characteristics. And then when we lose it, we up here lose our we mind. We lose our mind. When the reality is, our value is in found in the one who created you. Mm. And it's found in, a, it begins with a, re- a real relationship with God, not a relationship mm-hmm. with religion, but a relationship with a God who created you, designed you for a purpose, mm-hmm. and who loves you yeah. immensely. And I want to go back and say something. I don't want nobody misreading to what I said. I know I said Megan Markle, but she was carrying it back. But she didn't say it was a sixth hour. It's other yeah. people saying sure. what you carrying. Follow you. Follow. I know that could have been a fake knockoff, and just because she's carrying it, you mm-hmm. thinking it's the real deal, right? Totally. But it ain't about her. It's about our identity of how we perceive who we are. And we have to say that or if I'm wearing a shirt and tie, that I have some knowledge and something to say. But the ones who's out there on the street corner who's mm-hmm. dirty and mm-hmm. like they're not worthy to be listened to, you'd be surprised. Exactly. Most of your understanding, most of your knowledge, most of your your who you want to know, who your identity is, you might find not with the CEO, but with the custodian. That's good. So if you're listening today and you're in a dark place in your life, I want you to know that God uses darkness to create light. God uses dark 
areas and seasons in our life to create new things in us. Just like Ben was talking about, a baby is first created in darkness. The Bible says we're knitted together in our mother's womb. We're created in darkness. But even in the darkness, we are created to exude the light of God's love in every area of our life. And I just want to encourage you today that God loves you. He cares about you. And Christ has come to set you free from yourself so that you can become who he's designed you to be. Thanks for being with me, man. All right. Thank you for listening today. Catch us next time on the next edition of the Renewed You Podcast.